my role always would be to even my students who can't speak really well I want them to want to speak to me like the trick is to get them to want to talk because that's the first part of language learning is to inspire someone to I I've got a sentence to say of oh, Justin Bieber is worse than Taylor Swift pero pero un momento I, I, you know, like <laughs> I've got an opinion. <laughs> I like Justin Bieber. And you're like, oh, and you also like English now. No, 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 no. <laughs> gotcha, though, girl. Told you you could speak, girls. Welcome to Flourish in the Foreign, an award winning podcast that celebrates, elevates, and affirms the voices and stories of Black women living and thriving abroad while exploring living abroad as a pathway to wellness. I'm your host, Christine Job, a Black American woman with Trinidadian roots, podcaster, business strategist, and entrepreneur based in Valencia, Spain. Hey everyone, welcome to Flourish in the Foreign. I am Christine and I'm so happy that you have decided to listen to this episode. Now, if you are new to the podcast, perhaps you have not checked out the Flourish in the Foreign website where you should. There are so many resources to help you get, stay, and thrive abroad. And also there are blog posts that really talk about not only moving abroad, but also the sustainability and longevity of living abroad. How do you do that and why do you do that? You can check that out at flourishintheforeign.com. If you are considering a move abroad, I suggest you grab the Moving Abroad with Intention Guide. It is the perfect first step for you to get clear and confident and start to develop a strong intention for your move abroad. It's a guide with over 43 pages, all designed to help you get honest about what you're looking for when you move abroad and help you define what a life well-lived abroad means and what the criteria must be for your move abroad to support that life. You can grab that guide at the website flourishintheforeign.com on our resources page. Also, there's a link in the description of this episode. All right, on to this week's episode. Season four, episode 14. Today's episode is all about the North American Conversation Language Program, NALCAP, or as I refer to it forever and always, Auxiliars, Auxiliares de Conversaciones. This is a program that a lot of people have used as their first step to moving abroad. I use it as a sabbatical back in 2017 to move to Spain. And I get a lot of questions about it. I think it's really popular. So I did an IG live discussing not only what the program is, what it entails, and what was my experience. Now, I will say, I only did the program for one year, and that was from 2017, 2018. And I'm under the impression that a lot of things may have changed since I was an auxiliar de conversación. So just utilize this, not as, you know, gospel, but maybe as a nice jumping off point, a starting off point for your own research. I'm gonna be first featuring two familiar voices. One will be Nayana from season one, episode one, yes. And she's gonna be talking about her experience. Now, Nayana did the program in Madrid, Lyon, and in La Rioja. And you'll also hear the voice of Kefra, who was featured season one, episode 13, and she's going to be discussing her experience in Madrid. And then you'll hear me and my opinion on it and my experience from it from an IG live that I did in 2022, where I discussed the Auxiliar de Conversacion program. So without further ado, let's all learn about being a language assistant in Spain. So Nayana went to Spain with a program that a lot of other North Americans go to Spain initially with, 
the North American Language Assistant Program. And the assistants are called auxiliares, the Spanish word for assistant. And they basically go there to help with pronunciation and culture. Experiences and responsibilities really vary from auxiliar to auxiliar and region to region. You just need a college degree, passport, no criminal history, and the ability to fill out an application. You get a student visa, health insurance, and a monthly stipend that ranges from 1,000 euros to 700 euros, depending on the region you're placed. And I should also mention that auxiliars typically work only 12 to maybe 16, 18 hours a week. So you have plenty of time to take on more classes, perhaps take on odd jobs, take a Spanish course, and of course, travel. My teaching experience was pretty positive. I was lucky that when, so when you go to a school, some schools will have one auxiliar. That's what we call the people who are a part of this um, exchange program. You're called auxiliares. So um, at my school, there was a total of four auxiliares. And one of them was a black guy from D.C., and he had been there the previous year and his Spanish was gray and we just really clicked immediately. So I was lucky that he was there because when you get placed in the program, you get a contract with the name of the school, but you don't know anything about the school. So you contact the previous auxiliares to get the intel, like tell me what the school's like, what uh, what schedule are you working? So they kind of meet with you before the contract starts and kind of like help you like answer any questions. Plus they're probably gonna be your first friends, your first people that you meet in the city because you've arrived. The other thing is that you're kind of a language ambassador. So you wanna instruct them about our lives. They're very curious about where we come from, what we know, what we do. And especially if you're black, like they have been absorbing popular American popular culture. And especially a lot of that is black culture. So I think the last school year I taught in Lagronio, the kids was in love with Migos. And like they would see me how they'd be like, yeah, that way. I'd be like, oh, wait, wait, I'm supposed to be teaching. Hold up. Y'all about to turn me up and I'm about to teach. Like... <laughs> And us, the kids who don't know anything are like, what is happening? Like, yeah, that way. Without would like incorporate it into my lesson. And some people be like, yeah, for some of y'all out there that know, what's up? <laughs> so, you know, there. it's just to kind of bring your culture. I talk about Black American life. I talk about like on uh, Columbus Day because they celebrate. I'm like, what we not going to do is celebrate Columbus Day. And here's a presentation why. <laughs> like, yeah. Anti-Thanksgiving. Yeah. My role always would be to even my students who can't speak really well, I want them to want to speak to me like the trick is to get them to want to talk, because that's the first part of language learning is to inspire someone to I I've got a sentence to say of oh, Justin Bieber is worse than Taylor Swift. Pero, pero un momento. I, I, you're like, <laughs> I've got an opinion. You know? I like Justin Bieber. And you're like, oh, and you also like English now. No, 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 no. <laughs> gotcha, though, girl. Told you you could speak, girls. So if you haven't heard Keffer's episode, you definitely should go ahead and check that out. Season one, episode 13. Kefra had been wanting to move abroad and needs something different. She is from Atlanta and New Orleans. And... When she got placed in the program, she got placed late. Usually the program starts in either September or October and lasts until either May or June. And she got a placement for January in Madrid. And so you'll hear just a little bit about her experience being a language assistant in Madrid. The auxiliar program, the language assistant program is basically you're a TA, you're a teaching assistant paid to work in public or private schools, depending on which program you go with. You assist the teacher, you prepare activities, PowerPoints, uh, you prepare supplementary materials for the teachers to use in their English classes. Sometimes you lead the classes. Sometimes the teachers will chill in the back and grade stuff or check their Facebook while you run their class. It, it depends on the school. 
My first year was an adjustment because I graduated in 1997 <laughs> and had not been in a public school setting since then. When you're standing in front of a group of children, it's real. I, I really remember almost floating through the school looking at the kids. Oh my God, this is happening. This Wow, they're kid. Look, they're children and everything. This is a school. Now, I was placed in a village called La Cabrera in the mountains of Spain. I'd never seen a mountain really before, but they look pretty cool in pictures. There's snow and everything. And they were amazing from the moment I walked in the doors. So supportive. They were like, if you need anything, let us know. We're here to help you. We want you to be comfortable and happy here. And they were absolutely fantastic. And they really showed me the ropes. And Javier was one of the teachers. He was in orientation, basically a guidance counselor. And he lived in Madrid. He and his wife were nice enough to meet me maybe once a week to show me around Madrid and help me learn Spanish. Because Lord... My extent of Spanish was like Dora the Explorer and the menu at Taco Bell. I needed a lot of help, and they would take me out and help me with my pronunciation. All the teachers who knew I couldn't understand a word they were saying helped me, taught me. Like It was such a wonderful, supportive environment. It was funny because I was a late placement into the program. Renewal applications for language assistance with the government program opened then January 10th. Now, I started work January 8th when they were just like, you want to come back or not? And I'm like, well, I just landed. So, but you have to make that decision. And I knew then six months would not be enough to see what I've waited my whole life to see. It just wouldn't. Right when I felt I was getting some grasp of the language, I, I traveled to Granada and Malaga for my Easter holiday. Lord, that was an experience. Lots of Google Translate. Then I, I was just starting to really understand when I was being spoken to. I had come out of hiding and started speaking to people and meeting people. And then it's time to go home? No, but I just got here. And I remember my school, some of the teachers, one or two, didn't really speak to me at first because the language assistants usually are here for one year. And sometimes... It's a gap year, and you're going to go back home after a year, and there'll be a new person next year. There's kind of this, why should I get to know your name? Why should I really get to know you when you're just going to be gone, and some new chick's going to, or, or guy's going to be here next year? And when I renewed for the next year, they were all shocked, and I didn't understand why. Because they were like, you're coming back next year? Really? And I was like, oh, yeah, dude, this, this is awesome. I'll be back. And they said, well, no one's ever come back. No one's ever done a second year. And I was just like, how could they not? And the, the commute wasn't easy. I'm not going to lie. Some of these commutes, because you're in smaller villages, yeah, my bus was an hour and a half each way to get to this school. A lot of sleeping, a lot of podcasts, a lot of studying. Some people, I guess they decided the commute was not worth it. I disagreed. I didn't care. <laughs> this was a great school with great people and great kids and I thought I'd be stupid not to come back if I could I renewed and before Easter break they did a teacher's lunch this, they said no language assistant got involved with the school and with the community no one had ever stuck around they do their job and then they leave they had this teacher's lunch and I was like sweet I'll be there no one, I don't speak a lick of anything, but I'm still going. And I'm sitting with the table of people, understanding every third or fourth word. And it was so cool. And I feel welcome. And I feel at home. And they were surprised and delighted that the assistant showed up to lunch because that had never happened. And then sometimes I have breaks, of course, at work. I would walk around the village. I'd just walk around. See what it's like. I'm in this village. I'm, there's a mountain across the street. I got an hour off. I'm just going to take a walk. There's this cool little park, this secret garden looking place where I could sit and read a book. The little neighborhood bar, because this is a small town. There's only one. I take a walk and half the teaching department 
are in the bar and they don't have many tables. They're outside with drinks. And they, hey, Kefra, Kefra, come here, venga. And the next thing, I'm having a glass of wine with the other teachers. And I'm like, is this okay? I, I have class in like an hour. And they're like, we all have class. And they all start cheering. <laughs> and it reminds me a lot of New Orleans. <laughs> it's just like, this is really I, amazing. I like it here. And yeah, it was nothing to be like, oh, Kefra, like, when's your next class? Oh, in two hours. Yeah, let's go get a drink. But we have to come back. We all have to come back, Kefra. God, you're so American. Come on. <laughs> relax get this girl a glass of wine and I, I really I went home for that summer break and I was talking to my mom in the kitchen and I just said I'm never coming back the school I work at now is different in the way that I, I work in a neighborhood called Vallecas which there are a lot of people of Roma descent a lot of as they say here gypsies I, I got some some kids who were brown as berries and it makes me so happy. I have some black students and I have a lot of Latino, Dominican students. I've got kids from Honduras, from Guatemala. I've got Peruvians. They're very proud of their culture. We have had some arguments over who has the best food. And Spain has never won that argument. In that aspect, my school is very inclusive, actually. More students look like me than anyone else and i think that's pretty dope but like i said that is this neighborhood this neighborhood is full of immigrants very diverse in that aspect as diverse as spain can get <laughs> it is interesting because it seems like the ethnically spanish i guess you would say kids in my class are the minority so when one kid starts screaming something like, Viva España, we're the best country in the world. Viva and everyone's like, shut up, Pablo, sit down. And I'm like, Pablo, I can't tell you to shut up or sit down because I'm a teacher, but shut up and sit down. So page 65. <laughs> so the interactions in my class uh, are very interesting and the diversity is pretty lit. I love my, my school for that and I think it's because like one girl she is Rama and she was just like some people treat me a certain way because I'm a gypsy but not here not at school because I always teach that my class is a safe space and that's very important to me I like the fact that they do feel that they are safe and protected and teachers don't treat them a certain way because they are different because they are another ethnicity I'm really happy with that. I'm good with that. All right. It's my turn. Now, if you want to hear more about my experience about being an auxiliar of the conversacion, I suggest you go check out my episode of the podcast, season one, episode 10, where I talk about all of my feelings. <laughs> I talk about all my feelings and everything else. I think probably more detail, but in this IG live that I did in 2022, it's more general. So listen as I talk about the Auxiliar, the Conversacion program and my experience. You can also watch this segment on IG and on YouTube. Today, I'm actually uh, going to be chatting with you guys. I get this question a lot about my experience with the Auxiliar, the Conversacion program, which is the program that I initially came to Spain five years ago on. I get the question about what was my experience like? What what did I do? What, what was that about? What was it like living in La Rioja? Is it worth it doing the program? All those types of things. So here I am going to do this live to answer everyone's question. And yeah, let us get started. So what is the Auxiliar de Conversacion program? Auxiliar de Conversacion program is a program ran through the Spanish Ministry of Education and it is opened to native English speakers. I think they also have like a similar but different program for people from the UK or they did maybe before Brexit and also for people from the Philippines and India, because I know that there are auxiliars de conversacion, even I think from Australia and South Africa as well. So there's a whole bunch of people underneath this kind of umbrella for sure. So it's ran by the Spanish Ministry of Education. What it is, is that it's not you being an English teacher. 
okay? It's easy to kind of just be like, yeah, I teach English, but that's, you're not an English teacher. What you really are is you're an English language assistant. Because you're a native speaker, the English teacher <laughs> is gonna teach English and teach the grammar. And you're gonna come in and you're gonna help with conversation. And so what that could look like is giving lectures to class, uh, depending on the age, creating PowerPoints, making games. When I was an auxiliar, I had students from three years old to 12 years old. So I wasn't giving lectures. I was teaching the three-year-olds animal sounds in English. And animal sounds vary from language to language. I didn't know that. And the kids, they're like, oh yeah, no, no. In Spanish, the dog sounds like this. So that's what you are there. You're there to help reinforce the language that they're learning, which actually it's a really cool concept because I learned Spanish throughout elementary school, middle school, and high school. And if we had a Spanish like language conversation assistant, I think that would make a huge difference of it actually retaining like in my mind. Also what's school is that you, you get to showcase your culture um, to the students. So like I said, they can have conversation assistants from all around the world. So they get to learn about your culture and the context of the language within the culture. So yeah, it's actually a pretty cool concept in theory. <laughs> Because it is one of those things, like a lot of things in life, but definitely a lot of things in the Southern Mediterranean, it really depends on where you are and who you're talking to, for sure. So that is what the program is. You sign up for it, it's for a whole school year. The amount of time you have to work varies between region and region. So I worked 12 hours a week. <laughs> I worked 12 hours a week three days a week, y'all. We're gonna get to my story in a minute, but okay. So people have to work, I think it was like 12, 15, and like the highest is 18. So still like not part-time, 18 hours a week. Okay, you get a stipend. Again, the stipend is dependent on which region that you live in. I lived in La Rioja, so my stipend was 700 euros a month. Um, I also had healthcare. I'm gonna talk about that too in a minute because it's, it varies from region to region. The highest you can get paid, I think, is a thousand euros a month, and that would be in Madrid for cost of living. But I mean, nowadays, even before the pandemic, before this kind of inflation, that was pushing it for Madrid. Personally, I think. So that is what it is. When when is it? You sign up for the Auxiliar de Conversación program in January, generally, and it is like a first come, first serve kind of thing. Like you have to be on your computer, you need to like get your application in because the lower your application number is like the better chance for you to get placed in general and placed in the region. Now, back when I did it, getting placed wasn't an issue. Like generally everyone got placed, but now is when like a lot of the letters come out and apparently, apparently, I mean, obviously with the pandemic, the interest has blown up. And so there is a lot of fear that people are not going to get placed. So that is when you, you apply for it in January. You need to be on your P's and Q's, do it. You find out if you get placed. Generally in May, they'll tell you like, you got placed and this is the region. And then like in June, you'll get a letter that will tell you the school, the, the city or the pueblo you'll be in, and that's the letter that you need to go get your visa at the Spanish consulate and figure out where you're gonna live and all those cool things, right? How, how do you do it? Well, the application process is this. It's in Spanish, but you can use Google Translate, so don't worry about that. You need a, a letter of recommendation. You can get it from your friend. I got my friend to write it for me. It doesn't have to be in Spanish, so don't worry about that. And then you have to write a letter of intent. I think I wrote mine in Spanish, but you don't have to. There is like age requirements. I think you need to be like at least 21, I think. And then like the cutoff might be like 65 or 55. And I'm saying that because I, I know there's been a lot of changes within the program, which I'm gonna get to. A lot of changes that are very interesting, actually, and I got thoughts on it. So that is how, yes, that's how 
that's generally what it is. You apply for it. You do need to have a college degree. I don't know how they would check that though. I probably shouldn't say on the internet, but like, you can upload a picture of your degree. That's why I didn't even upload transcripts. I just took a picture of it in the, in the frame. I was like, here you go. Yeah, and also the application, you get to choose your region. And so it'll give you like all of the comunidades that are participating. So all the states in Spain that are participating, you have to put them in order. I think they give you like the top three. And then also you have to say like, do you prefer small, like less than 50,000 people or do you want big city and stuff like that? Here's the thing though, everybody wants to come and go to Barcelona and Barcelona is one notoriously hard to even get placed within the province. Well, not the province, within the city of Barcelona for sure. And if you are placed within the province, it's gonna be like, you're gonna be taking the commuter train, okay? So it's not like, it's not super, I don't know. I don't know what y'all think it's gonna be. It's not Emily in Paris, okay? And then also people are like, oh, I'm gonna be in Madrid. But you'll be like, you have to think, Madrid is not just a city. Madrid is a city, it's a province, and it's a community that. So like, you could be, <laughs> you could be anyway, <laughs> okay? So that's generally how it goes. This application, fill it out, you get an escrita number, which is like your registration number. Then it turns into, I forget what it's called, when you're like officially in the system. Because you have to actually print out documents and send them to the regional director. Okay, so that's generally the process, generally. Also, there's so many blogs, there's so many Facebook groups about this program. Don't worry, you, you will, and it's in English, don't worry, you will know how to do it, don't worry about it. Okay, why? Why would you do the Auxiliar the Conversacion program? Okay, I will tell you this. I think a big reason, well, the reason why people do this program varies. It varies from person to person. So some people are coming out of college and they maybe didn't take a gap year, so they're kind of utilizing this as a gap year. Some people are, I don't know, they just love Spain or they just want adventure. Some people uh, are teachers and they don't want to teach in the US and they're trying to see like, what would it kind of be like teaching in Spain? Although trying to teach in Spain, like it's not just you move to Spain, you're a teacher. It's a whole process. You have to get your degree basically adjusted and like the equivalency was like translated in equivalency and like being a teacher in Spain is a big deal because it's a job that comes with a lot of perks you can't like you basically can't get fired it's like no performance evaluations is a you get paid really well considering and you know you have a lot of rights so it's a it's a tough gig to get you have to take a test called the oposiciones it's a, it's a whole thing. So, but some people are like, yeah, I just want to come and see what that would be like. But also that's if you work for actually in like public schools, you could come and teach in the private international schools, which could be very lucrative, but that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. So back on, back on script. Okay, why else? You just need a break. I need a break. So I came to Spain. I originally walked the Camino de Santiago in 2014 and when I was walking the Camino Santiago, I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna move to Spain. But I thought I was gonna move to Spain in many different ways. Like I did not think I was gonna move and be a teacher or auxiliar, like it was not on my radar. Well, it was on my radar, but I, like, I didn't wanna do it. Cause I was like, I'm not a teacher. But it is a really easy way to come legally to Spain and figure it out. And so, I was just at a point when I finally did come in 2017, three years later, I was super burnt out and I just needed a break. I needed relief. And I just was like, I, if I'm in Spain, I can figure it out. Um, but I'm also that type of person. Not everybody's like that. I'm that type of person. So that's exactly what I did. <laughs> I was like, all I need to do is like get in, get in the country and I can figure it out. And that's what I did. So it's been, for me, it was a stepping stone to my life abroad. So yeah, where? Where do you get placed? Anywhere that they do the program. So any of the comunidades, 
once you're placed though you can't really move around a lot of people are like you can switch and da 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 and i'm like i don't know anyone who successfully switched so you just you you, you go where you go and uh you get one school and maybe you get two schools those types of things that's like the where now let's get to my experience shall we okay i came to spain and I was placed in La Rioja. So when I first moved to Spain, I was in Barcelona for a month or so, and then I moved to La Rioja. I had been to La Rioja, and the capital of La Rioja is Logroño. And I'd been there several years before when I walked the Camino Santiago, because it goes right through there. So I actually requested La Rioja. And La Rioja is the smallest comunidad in all of Spain. So I was like, oh yeah, I want, I think, I had like really fond memories. So I was like, yeah, I want to go there. So I got placed there. And at the time, this was five years ago, no one was really checking for La Rioja like that in the auxiliar program. No one was. And for good reason, because it's, it's quite small. The capital is like a town. It's not like a city to me, I don't know. So I, so I landed in Spain. I try to find an apartment. I go up to La Rioja twice to look for an apartment. This is important to note. Okay, probably generally in Spain or the Southern Mediterranean, these are some rules you need to abide by. Usually people take off all of August for vacation. So if you're trying to come early and find an apartment, it's gonna be really hard. In September is when all the university students come, so you have that competition. So the program begins for La Rioja in October. Some regions starts in September. So I came at not really great time, right? There's university students that I'm competing with because there's University in La Rioja. Also, it was San Mateo. And San Mateo is a very important, I guess it, maybe it's a patron saint of La Rioja. I actually don't know that. But it's a very important festival in La Rioja because it's, the, it's a festival for wine making and harvest in La Rioja. It's known for its wine. So I came, yeah, I booked like a hostel for like two days. And I was like, yeah, that's enough time. I'm like, I'm gonna come up here, I'm gonna get this apartment, I'm gonna go back to Barcelona, I'm gonna like, you know, I'm gonna dip. How about I'm like in La Rioja, nobody's picking up the phone, no one's responding to my emails. The apartments that I'm seeing are like horrible. And I'm like, and then I try to extend my, my stay at the hostel. And they're like, oh no, we're, we're booked, we're booked. I was like, oh, I mean, homeless? In Spain, I was freaking out, and I was like, oh, I was just had like all my, well, I didn't have all my stuff. I had like my little carry on my stuff on a bench while everyone is drinking wine and being merry, and I'd be like, Ugh. that didn't happen. But that's exactly where my mind went. I was like, what the hell? So don't be like me. Book more accommodation. Don't just be like, oh, I'm just gonna dip, dip, dip. Like I don't know why I did. I don't know why I thought that. <laughs> like. At that point, I had never rented an apartment in a foreign country. So it was like really bold for me to be like, yeah, let's do it. Y'all, oh my goodness. This is what happened though. So in Spain, there are several different housing platforms. I looked on Idealista, I Mil Anuncios maybe, and just all of them. I was looking for an apartment, looking for an apartment, looking for an apartment. Nobody was responding or... The apartment sucked, so I was like, dang, what am I gonna do? Here's a trick, you, and utilize this, because this actually might be helpful for y'all, regardless around the world where you are. I found a website, it's called, what's it called? Bolsa de Pisos, but that's, don't look that up, because I think that's like specific to La Rioja. But, or maybe it's just a general phrase. It's like a, like a housing exchange, maybe that's the translation, for the University of La Rioja. So I go on there, it's called Bolsa de Pisos, and and why i bring that up is that if you are having trouble finding accommodation try to find the housing exchange or whatever for a university because they're expecting students which could be good or bad like it could be like a nice in between you know meantime between time if you haven't found long-term accommodation because it's going to be set up and it's going to be probably way cheaper than airbnb right so it'll be set up it'll have things in there it won't be like blank so that's a good tip write that down anyway so i find this apartment that's so beautiful and i'm like 
can I rent a room in your apartment? Because that's actually what I was first going to do. I was like, I'm going to rent a room. And they were like, no, we want to rent the entire apartment. Sorry, bye. And I was like, dang. And I like sat there for like maybe 15 minutes. I was thinking about it. And I had messaged this, uh, the landlord via WhatsApp. And I noticed that he had a, like the justice scales in his, his profile picture. And I was like, oh, I'm a lawyer too. <laughs> so I was like, oh, hey, I see you're a lawyer. So am I in the United States and da da da. And I was like basically trying to like finesse it. Like just rent me a room. And he was like, no, but that's cool. So then I was like, okay, can I rent the room? Can I rent the apartment? And can I rent the rooms out? And he was like, yeah, that's fine. Y'all. I was like, can I, can, I was like, can I see the apartment today and move it today? Cause I don't got no place to stay. <laughs> this is a true story. Don't be like me. Don't be like me. Saw the apartment. It's in like, it's like a street right before the, the old town Logroño. So cute. Great location. Right. If you know anything about La Rioja, gastronomy is amazing. They have it's a big pincho culture. So like all the pincho streets where you go from like place to place to place. Really like two minutes walking from my apartment. It was a great location. Great location. And it's a beautiful apartment. And I was just like, I went in and I was like, this is, it, it was like high ceilings, exposed brick. The like master bedroom had a bathtub, y'all. In Spain, they don't be liking bathtubs. That's a whole that's a whole conversation in and of itself. I could talk and for hours about why these people don't like bathtubs and how they're missing out in life, but that's another thing. Had his own private bath had his own private bathroom and bathtub. Big room. Maybe I'll do a YouTube video and show pictures of it. Maybe I'll do that. Terrace. I was like, yes, I'll he's like, what what do you think? I was like, yes. He's like, all right, well, me and my family are going to lunch. You know, you get the cash and like, we could do this. So that's how I got an apartment. About to be homeless. <laughs> it's not funny. It's not funny. In, in La Rioja. And that apartment in 2017, three, three bedrooms, two baths, very large living room. It was on the second or third floor with an elevator in Old Town, Logroño next to all the things that apartment was dun, 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 520 euro 520 euro i know i don't think it's 520 euro now but that's what it was then so i say that because cost of living and things like that as i told you before my stipend was 700 euros a month but i rented out those two rooms covered all of my living expenses and i actually did some side teaching on the side double my money Y'all, I doubled my money, <laughs> didn't pay anything for accommodation, worked 12 hours a week for three days a week, and I was like never home. <laughs> I was like always in Barcelona. So I was like, there's that, that's that thing, okay? That was my experience. Hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying this episode of Flourish in the Foreign. And if you are, be sure to support this podcast by going to buymeacoffee.com slash flourish foreign and buying me a coffee. You can also write a review of the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, and anywhere else you listen to the show. Thank you so much for listening and supporting. Now, back to the episode. So I moved to La Rioja, start school. This is the thing. I have two schools, one in the, in the city center and one in a pueblo called Aberite. And I think the biggest question I get is like, what is it like? Well, I was going to question like, what is it like being a black woman in Spain? I got a lot of that on my podcast. So listen to that. But what is it like being a black woman in like La Rioja in a small comunidad in the capital of this, right? It's a very agricultural kind of place. And I would say that generally, like I was walking around down the street and nobody was staring at me. I feel like people in Madrid stare a lot more, but I think it's just Madrid. That's another conversation for another time. Didn't get stared at. Nobody was like, oh my God, negra. Ooh, chocolate. <laughs> no one said that to me. When I went to school, were they surprised I was black? I don't 
know because you know what the the like my supervisor teacher jesus shout out to jesus actually found me on facebook so probably not he was always super super kind super awesome also though a lot of the teachers whether they were english teachers or not had traveled and studied english abroad whether it was ireland or uk so probably not also uh la rioja at least at the time and i think still for a very couple years is like has like the top public education system in spain so like it's like a different kind of vibe in a way i'll just say that so i had two schools my teachers were like cool now this is an issue some people go to these schools and are exploited like they feel like their teachers disrespect them they say crazy stuff to them they make them work more hours or do things they feel uncomfortable with or or they have like crazy schedules where they'll work 12 hours but they're at school like five days a week in like <laughs> weird like chunks of time and they have like these long breaks where they can't really do anything i didn't have that because I mean, I went to Spain as an adult. Like I came with like professional experience and I basically was like, this is what I propose doing. I actually, before I even went to school, I wrote them emails and was like, hi, I'm Christine. This is my experience in my life. This is why I'm excited to do this. And this is what I would like. I would like to work throughout three days a week. <laughs> I was like, I would like to do this, this and this, this and this. And I think they were maybe impressed with the fact that I came with an idea and a game plan, even though I never taught before. I think that helps confidence and also I think they saw me in action I'm not a teacher but like I can I can improv a little bit <laughs> so I, I worked it out and so that kind of gave me free reign to do whatever I wanted to do in the classroom which was cool actually they would give me like suggestions like we're learning about farm animals like little babies and I'm like got you we're gonna do this this and this lots of singing lots of games a lot of pitting students against each other. They love that. It's great. With like no prize either. I was like, you just, you're just the winner. And they're like, that's enough. That's enough for children. So my experience was really quite good. I didn't have any drama with like anything at school at all. Like nobody tried to talk to me crazy. Um, I will say that the students, the teachers were like, okay, it's a black woman. Sure. The, the students were more like, what? Who are you? He's for real? And how about this? I got it the most from the school in the city center, which people would call like the immigrant school, which I didn't understand at the time. I was like, maybe I don't understand the translation. Like, what are you talking about? It's the black and brown school. So like, and maybe they're first generation, but some of them are second generation. Like it was just like the neighborhood. So it was like Pakistani people from Mali, from Romania. Morocco like it was a black and brown school with some like with some like vanilla flakes in there too those kids were like where are you from America hmm you're a lawyer you speak English and that was cool because you know in Spain because it's homogenous it's a white country but there are people who are second generation third generation Spanish like be Chinese Spanish Pakistani Spanish Afro Spanish and they still have feelings they struggle with feeling accepted right because people will be like you're not Spanish Spanish people are all white apparently interesting interesting considering the history so them seeing you know a black woman from america speaking you know quite good english i would say lawyer and just try to affirm them because they speak multiple languages too right so these kids are not just like oh i speak spanish and i speak english they speak so many different languages and try to affirm that for them that was a really important experience for me so that was good and then in my other school in the pueblo those kids were something else they were good though. But some of them got rowdy. Second grade. I don't know about that. It's a very interesting age. But was I given any kind of flack or anything like that because I was black? No. Did little girls want to touch my hair? Yes. Did I let them? Absolutely not. Because I'm not that person. So, sorry. That's not going to happen. And, you know, in Spain, they're very cuddly with children, which I was like, don't touch the kids because you're not supposed to touch kids. <laughs> like, don't touch them. And they're not. They are 
like opposite they're like not just like hug but like cuddle kids kiss them wrap, like very hands-on so the kids would want to do that with me and i'd be like oh pat pat because i was so awkward <laughs> so awkward so awkward so that in general was my experience you know i i taught from three years old to 12 years old so from singing songs and listening to Peppa Pig and trying to understand what three-year-old Spanish children who don't even have a grasp of the Spanish language trying to speak to me in English with a British accent. Like, <laughs> what is this? You know, it's just, it's like the same dynamic all around the world. Like kids are kids are kids. So, so funny, so interesting. That's what was my experience. I will also say, that there were like cultural differences, right? So in the United States, if it's your birthday, everybody buys you stuff. In Spain, if it's your birthday, you you buy like the, the rounds of drinks. You bring the food to school to feed everyone. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> my birthday's my birthday's during winter break, so I didn't have to worry about that, but I was like, I was like, what? It's your birthday. And they're like, yeah. So I bring everything for everyone else. And I was like, this, my brain literally says no, because it's my birthday. <laughs> so that was a big cultural change, like shock. And so when, at the end of the school year, and I was leaving, everybody's like, oh, so we're gonna have like a party? And I was like, oh, I guess I'm bringing the drinks. So, okay, so <laughs> I had to bring the stuff for the both schools. Another thing is, is like during my, lunch break at the school in the city center we'd go out for coffee and i'm an introvert so after talking to kids for however many hours i was like i just want to sit in the teacher lounge and be left alone no you do need to like so you need to socialize spanish people are very social and it is seen as like rude and i get it but i'm like but i'm just an introvert but no you go for coffee every time that you're invited and you invite people like you just go you just go for coffee you just do it even if they're talking about things you're like i don't know i don't even know the pe teacher i don't i don't care you go that's it another thing is is that you can drink <laughs> during school hours that's not an issue now okay people are not taking shots that i know of but it's not unusual to have like a glass of red wine. I think especially in maybe La Rioja, I would, I would be walking to school at 8 a.m. and people would have a glass of wine with their tortilla. So it's like, I'd be like, or, or beer. And I'd be like, what? And they're like, just starting off the day right. So there's that. I remember I asked other teachers, I was like, oh, but we have school. And they're like, yeah, that's why we're drinking this red wine. Uh, and actually, I got invited to the Christmas party. This was a cultural experience. I got invited to the Christmas party, and it was on a Thursday. It wasn't, no, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was like on a Tuesday. It was on a day that there was definitely school the next day. So it was Thursday or Tuesday, something that I definitely had to go to school the next day. And... They're like, okay, we're gonna meet at eight. And I was like, eight? I was like, yeah, well, you know, Spanish people, they do have like the late dinners. Okay, I'm gonna meet at eight. How, why is it that I meet them? They gave me the address and it was at a bar. And they're like, hey, Christine, let's get a drink. I was like, I thought we were going to dinner. They're like, yeah, but we're gonna have a drink first. I was like, oh, oh no, it's gonna be that kind of, it's gonna be. <laughs> I'm not going home in two hours. I'm not gonna be in my bed in two hours. No. So we first went out for drinks and you know, chit chat, da da da. And then we all walked to the restaurant, had a whole reservation, long table, you know, and we had course after course after course. And they were like, oh, she seems vegan. So they just brought all this like, <laughs> like mushrooms and rice, I don't know, like lettuce. Like, they were like, oh yeah, anything vegan you got back, just bring it out. So we had course after course after course. And I was like, so full. And also we're drinking wine. Like we're just like, just pouring it, pouring it, pouring it. And I'm trying not to drink. Cause I'm like, I'm not trying to get all loose in front of my coworkers. I am not that person. I'm like, you get to see professional, that's it. Just drink it, drink it, drink it. And they're making fun of me because I'm not drinking. Cause everyone's loose. Cause I'm like, oh, you can't drink. And I'm like, I'm not taking the bake. So I'm like, I 
I'm going to school tomorrow. Like, what are you talking about? Like, no. Drinking, 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 eating, eating, eating. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so full and tipsy. And it's like maybe 11.30. And I'm just like, when will this end? <laughs> when will it end? Okay, 11.30. Bostere. So, dessert and coffee. And I'm like, okay, we're wrapping it up. Okay, we're wrapping it up. Just hold on, Christine. Hold on. Midnight. Chupitos! Shots. I was like, Jesus. I, I think like a little tear came out. I was just like, because the thing is like, I was so close to my house. I was like literally two minutes away from my house. So I was like, I could just, I could feel the warmth of my bed. And I was just like, why? Why? I'm so full. I'm so like tipsy. I'm trying to keep it together. They're making fun of me. They want to drink more. And I'm just like, leave me alone. <laughs> So we have shots, because I'm trying to be a good sport. Okay, we're finished. You know, and then we're talking, talking, talking. It's like 1 a.m. I'm like, okay, see you guys tomorrow. What? We're going out to the club, Kristen. We have school tomorrow. They're like, we don't care. <laughs> we're going out. I'm like, I'm going home. They're like, oh, boo. I was just like, I can't believe this. You know, I used to live in Miami. Okay, I had a life. I had a whole different life. I knew I don't how to do things. Getting booed by Spanish people in like small town That's a cultural difference. Okay, that's a cultural difference. Now, are there tons of black people in La Rioja? No, I would say no. No, <laughs> no. All of my people I know in La Rioja were auxiliars, so they were all foreigners. But there was actually a bunch of them, so we had a whole crew, so that was cool, and it wasn't weird, but just in general, like a black community? No. I feel like there was a lot of black children adopted by white parents. Or maybe I noticed it more in La Rio Hux. I'd be like, what's, who's, whose child is this? I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, but let me actually go back to some of the nuts and bolts that probably have changed since I was there. So I was there from 2017 to 2018. And at the time, the stipend was 700 euro, and I had excellent, excellent, like top tier. Uh, it's called, uh, what do you mean, DKV in English, insurance, like top tier premium insurance. Like I went to the gynecologist that was closest to me and she's like a renowned fertility specialist. And I was like, what, why am I even here? But I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> like, it was great, it was all covered and included. Now, what I've heard is a couple of things. There's now like a, t a limit on how many times you can do the program in general, which there never used to be that. I think there used to be a limit on like Madrid, like you could only be in Madrid for three to five years. But generally, you could do the program for 20 years, I guess. People had done the program, they'd like come after college and just set up a life and did the program year, year, year after year. Now I'm hearing that there is a cap for everyone. Like, and it's five years in general, I think, and only two years in one specific community, which I think is kind of weird and bogus because if someone wants to like live somewhere, let them live, you know? It's not like there's a general strong competency of, of English in all of Spain. So it's not like this is not needed. There's that. In La Rioja, I did hear that they changed their health insurance and they went the complete opposite way from like Cadillac to catastrophic insurance. Like, so that is something to be aware of too because that could be a problem. I've also heard that they have issues paying on time, which La Rioja never used to have problems paying on time. In fact, I used to get paid early, and, and the regions that had a lot of problems paying on time were like Catalonia, Valencia, maybe Murcia or something like that. Like those are the regions that were like notoriously bad, but definitely Valencia and Catalonia. But now I've heard La Rioja has issues paying on time, and like, look, I don't got time for that, right? Like, no one has time for that. I used to get paid early. No, no. So that's definitely something to consider. Now, specifically, shout out to Brianna, because Brianna actually asked me this question recently, and which spurred me to finally make this video. Now, if you got placed in La Rioja and you wanted to be placed somewhere else, do you, should you take it or should you wait till the next year and, and hope? I don't know. 
it depends on like what is your purpose in coming to Spain. What do you want to do? <clears throat> like, if you want to travel, and if you want to kind of kick it, I would say just come to La Rioja. An issue with La Rioja is, is it very well connected to the other parts of Spain? Not really. Only because like you can take the train to Barcelona in four hours. That's the fastest it'll get you there. But to get to Madrid, you have to take the bus to Bilbao, you take the bus. You can actually take the, you could actually fly. La Rioja has an airport. You can take a plane to Madrid, but it has really weird hours. And it only flies to like Madrid and like Gran Canaria or like La Palma or something very strange. So there's that. But you could go to like Galicia, you could go to other places and it goes through like Navarra and Aragon, so you go to Zaragoza. It depends on what you're looking for. What do you want to do? Because you could come to Spain, <clears throat> do your school year, decide it's not for you, move on with your life. You could utilize it, take it, switch regions next year and have a better experience or a different experience. It really depends. So it's hard to answer that kind of question of like, should you should you take this job or should you hold out or whatever? I mean, it just depends. You can always go to Madrid. Madrid does have Melanin Madrid. All the black people, they have like Juneteenth parties. Like they have stuff where you'd be like, wait, what? What are y'all doing? All this melanin and blackness having fun. <laughs> but I went down, but I did actually go down to Madrid to hang out. So at least a couple times, but then I usually was in Barcelona. So there is that. That is my experience with the Auxiliar de Conversacion program. I think I answered most of the questions. Uh, also in Spain, you have like tons of festivals and holidays. So you don't have to like, you know, you work whenever you, like it's not a lot of work. <laughs> it's, it's not a lot of work. And yeah, I think for me, the Auxiliar de Conversacion program can be a really good like jumping off point. It could be a really good gap year for you, regardless of how old you are. It could be a really good just time for yourself. I think most the people who have the most success, though, or have the best time, are people who have like some savings, so you don't have to stress about stress out about getting paid. Maybe you get your own apartment, you know, and live that kind of life, and you have the funds to travel. So because if you're just utilizing just your stipend, maybe it won't be enough especially with like the how prices are going. Maybe it won't be enough for you to have like the crazy fun time you wanna have. Maybe it will, I don't know. Use blah blah car, you could do a lot of different things to travel around. But if you have some savings, I think it'd be a really good, cool time to have and you get to travel a lot. Also, even the cool thing about La Rioja is one, the food, like wine. There's so many freaking wineries and so good and i love like you go on tours and it's like history and some of them do it like just like history and like science -y. and some of it's like history and like mythology like they have a whole like mythology for like their family brand it's really interesting and you get to drink great wine and the wine is so affordable it will ruin you you will never want to order a glass of wine at any restaurant or a bottle of wine because you'd be like how much oh no oh no 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 absolutely not that also there's just beautiful nature. I did hiking, I did biking, I did hot springs. Yeah, I did hot springs a lot. That was fun, definitely. So there's things to do to, to investigate and, and explore the region. Also, you have Pais Basco, Basque country, like right there. So you could go to Pais Basco, learn some musquera if you want to and go to San Sebastian, kick it. It's a really beautiful region. So there's a lot of nice things to do. Go to Pamplona, I took the bus to Pamplona. Go to France, go to Bordeaux actually. Yeah, you could do that. So it really is what you make of it. It really is. That's what the Auxiliar de Conversacion program is. It's a way for you to help Spanish children and people to have a better grasp of, of English expose them to your culture while you know getting a visa to stay in the country getting paid having health insurance and be able to explore it but i think it is definitely whatever you make it and like most things whatever you make it it is going to be what it is 
as always remember it is not about moving abroad it is definitely not about just being abroad it is about thriving abroad so go abroad and cultivate a life well lived all right thanks so much for everyone who listened to this episode if you're interested in the auxiliar the conversation program there are so many resources online blogs vlogs Facebook groups for you to get tapped in. I highly suggest you do so. And also be mindful of the dates, the application dates, which are usually at the very top of the year in January. So make sure you're mindful of that. And good luck. So if you guys remember my 100th episode, whoop, whoop, very excited, it was an Ask Me Anything episode. And I actually got so many great questions. Thank you so much. For those of you that didn't have a chance to submit your question, I am taking them on a rolling basis, I've decided. I think I will compile them for an Ask Me Anything segment, but I might just start answering them, at least one of them in each episode. I haven't decided yet. It depends on how many questions I get. So if you're wanting to ask me a question and you really want to get my opinion on something, go ahead and submit your question. You can do so. There's a link in the description of this episode. And if you're on the Flourish in the Foreign newsletter, there's always a link at the very end of the emails where you can submit your question or you can reply to the email with your question as well. So I got a lot of questions about Build a Business Abroad. People, people want the program back. And I told y'all, I put it on a hiatus and I got an overwhelming response about that. A lot of y'all are like, hiatus, hiatus. Let's get to popping with this business. And I love that. That makes me feel both anxious, but also excited to bring you guys something really cool, which I am actually working on. So in the meantime, between time, I've decided to do something that I never do. And y'all who've been listening to the podcast long enough know that I have not been doing this. (laughs) But I'm actually going to do a limited time offer. And y'all also know when I say limited time I mean that. I'm going to do a limited time offer for a one hour consult with me about your business. Yeah, because I just got excited listening to you and reading some of your business ideas and and issues. So I want to help y'all out. Now, as you guys know, I'm a strategist. I don't usually do a la carte, like one off consulting sessions. And when I do, my hourly rate starts at around $350. That's just what it is, y'all. You know, if you're like, $350, well, y'all go to my website, christinejob.com, and y'all will figure out why. But I'm actually going to do a, like a discount. This is not open for previous or current clients. Sorry, this is only for the newbies who are like, where do I start? Where do I go? And I'm actually going to do this for $150 an hour, which is an incredible discount that I do not ever do. But I actually, I really want to talk to y'all. So this is what I'm going to do for y'all. It is a limited time offer. My books are only open through the end of June. And that unfortunately does not mean that you will be able to book anytime during June, because what ends up happening is that my calendar gets booked with a lot of other things. And so for this offer, it's kind of like getting where you fit in kind of thing. So if you're serious for real, you need to go ahead and book with me. Okay. Don't hem and haul. Don't be like, well, I don't have an idea. You can come with no idea. We'll talk about how to get an idea. And probably by the time I finish talking to you, you get an idea. You don't have to be like, I'm, I don't know if I have a business. We will get you straightened out by the end of the hour, because that is what I do. Ask around about me, okay? We will get you straightened out. This is not the time for you to doubt yourself. This is the time for you to bet on yourself. An opportunity like this, at least for me, is not going to come back around. I'm not going to be like, ha-ha, just joking at, you know, around, I don't know, Christmas or something like that. Y'all know it. If y'all been around here long enough, y'all know I'd be like, this is what it is, this is what it ain't. So if you are interested, go ahead and sign up for a Build a Business Abroad one-hour strategy consult with me today. Do not wait, okay? Half of the year is already done. 
where do you want to be with your business and where do you want to be on your moving abroad journey? If you aren't abroad and this is going to be helpful for you to get abroad, where do you want to be? If you are abroad and you're just not thriving abroad the way you want to be, where do you want to be at the end of the year? At some point, you have to just lay it all down and take the step. Don't worry, I'm going to be very gentle with you, but this is the time. Again, you can find the sign-up link in the description of this episode, and you can find it in the emails that I send out. So be sure that you are signed up for my emails so that you are the first ones to sign up. And as always, big thanks to Zachary Higgs, who produced the music of this here podcast. Remember, it's not about moving abroad. It's not about being abroad. It's about flourishing abroad. So go abroad and cultivate a life well lived. See you next time.